Hello, listener. This is Silence the Silence. I'm the host, Matthew Iopini, and you're the listener. And this is the only podcast. All others have been dealt with. There is no other podcast anymore. This is the only one. And you're going to deal with it, and you're going to like it, okay? I'm sorry, that's just, that, 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 that's just how it is, okay? I can't do anything. All others have been dealt with. This is the only podcast, period. That's it. The only one. I'm sorry if there's another one you liked. I'm sorry if you liked, I don't know. Um, it doesn't matter because it's gone, okay? This is the only podcast, and I'm the only podcast host that's left. On this episode, I'm going to be talking to Joe Biden. I don't know who he is, but we'll see what he's about. Hello, I'm here with Joe Biden. Huh? Who? Where am I? What? What is this? Oh, this is a podcast, Joe. This is Silence the Silence. A podcast? I don't even like peas. I I, I don't know anything about peas. What do you mean? I don't, I'm not a I'm not a podcast. What do you mean? I'm in a pea pod. What What is this? Who am I? Where am I? You are on a podcast. How did I get here? I was just in my room. Well, I'm still in my room. What do you mean I'm on a podcast? I didn't go anywhere. No, no, Joe. You, you're on a podcast. It's like a, like a radio recording. How could I be on a radio show? I'm not. I'm in my room, not in a radio studio. I don't remember going to KB100, huh? What is this? Where are you? Show yourself, coward. I'll do you like I did corn pop. I've got me a switchblade at all times. I'll stab you. I'll, I'll poke you full of holes. You want a gut hole, buddy? This'll make one. Joe, I'm not in the same room as you. You're one of your assistants set up a microphone. I'm talking to you over the computer. Oh, what's a who is it now? I'm talking to you over your computer, Joe. I'm speaking in a microphone, and you're hearing it on the other end. And the same is happening with me. I'm not, I'm not in the same room. You wouldn't be able to make a gut hole in me, okay? Oh, okay, I think I understand now. And who am I? You're Joe Biden. Aren't I running for president or something of the like? I don't know anything about you, honestly. Um, I just brought you on because someone, I don't know, one of your, one of your assistants or asked me to, if I would bring you on and like keep you occupied for an hour while they went and watched, while they went and watched um, an episode of Euphoria. That's right, I remember. Now I'm Joe Biden, and I'm running for President of the United States of America. You know, I used to be the Vice President to Barack Hussein Obama. Ah, me and that Obama, we go way back. We used to eat ice cream cones together on the beach of Santa Monica. We would lock each other's arms and hold ice cream cones to each other's faces, and we would gently lick from the bottom of the cone up all the way to the tip of the of the ice cream he would ask me how does it taste joe and i would say oh it tastes just fine mr president barack hussein obama former president of the united states and we would kiss ever so tenderly mm. his lips tasting like vanilla mine of chocolate Oh. Okay, so you're the former vice president, and this you and this Obama guy, you um, you have what a rom? It sounds like a romantic relationship. 
Who, me and Barry? No, no, we're just friends. Been friends for a long, long time. Hold on, my phone is ringing. Yes, Joe Biden, former vice president to Barack Obama speaking. An icy wiener. Is there an is there an icy wiener here? I'm sorry, young man. There doesn't seem to be an icy wiener anywhere. Oh, I see. Uh, yes, I'll ask again. Is there an icy wiener here? Icy wiener. Icy wiener. Sorry, man, young man. There doesn't seem to be an icy wiener in the house. Oh, it's a joke, I see. Hmm. Ah, good one, young man. You... Wait a minute. I've been made a fool of, haven't I? Why, I'll get you, Mr. Icy Wiener. And when I find you, I'm going to do what I did to Corn Pop, you son of a bitch! Sorry, Mr. Yopini. I've been getting prank calls from this Icy Wiener fellow for a long, long time. He's been bothering me ever since 1992. That son of a bitch. Uh, well, uh, like I was saying, me, uh, me and Barack Hussein Obama, the former president of the United States, we've been friends a long, long time. You know, and, and sometimes when you're friends with someone, you develop things that look strange from the outside, but to you, you two know that you're just friends. Even if you hold ice cream cones for each other and kiss a little bit, and sometimes you take, uh, sometimes you go into a hot tub together and you remove your trousers together. And you sit real close, and your thighs touch, and he watches the hairs rise, and he pats them down, and he watches them rise. You know how it is. Uh, we're we're just we're just good friends though. He's married to um, what's her name? I think I'm married as well. I can't quite remember. Uh, that's how it is though. You you lose track of these things when when you get my age, young man. You'll find out one day, Miss Giopini. You'll find out. Sorry to hear this icy wiener fell has been a thorn in your side. Um, can you tell me what, what you did as... Um, <laughs> I dropped something, sorry. Can you tell me what you did as Barack Obama's vice president? What do you mean, young man? I did lots of things. As Barack Hussein Obama, former president of the United States, vice president. Just like day to day, what'd you do as his vice president? Well, mostly what I did was play Candy Crush on my phone. I got pretty good at it, actually. I reached level 2,567 or so. Um, what you do is you match the colors, and then it, it, it's, uh, you match the colors, and you try to get three or four in a row. Sometimes if you're real skilled like old Joe Biden, you can get five in a row. And then it goes, and the thing... And the colors flash on the screen. They say, oh, good job, Joe Biden. And I say, thank you, Mr. Smartphone. So you spent eight years as his vice president playing Candy Crush? Yeah, that's right. I did. And what are you going to do about it, huh? This here is a comedy podcast. No one's going to take this seriously. They're going to think you're doing the voice. You fucking idiot. You, you, you mule. You donkey. You horse-faced ass. You horse-faced pony soldier fucking piece of shit. Fuck you. I played Candy Crush for eight years as Barack Hussein Obama's vice president. And you can't do anything about it. There's nothing you could do. It's already over. It's already over. I wasn't paying attention to anything he was saying or doing. I was playing Candy Crush. 
the whole time. Anytime I could be playing Candy Crush on my cell phone, I was. And that was my vice presidency. Yeah, I signed stuff, but I didn't read it. I, I would I would have my cell phone in one hand, and I would be playing it, and they would say, here, Joe, sign this. And I would sign it, and I'd get back to playing Candy Crush. Sorry for burping. I just had a root beer. I had a root beer float just now, so I got the burps. <sighs> Sorry about that. I love root beer floats. I remember one time, this one time, me and former President Barack Hussein Obama were sharing a root beer float, and we had two straws bobbing in it, and the and the cream made a nice, smooth layer on the top to keep it cool from the sun, and the foam it rose. And I sipped on it, and I looked into his eyes, and I said, "I love you." And he said, "What was that, Joe?" And I said, "Ah, uh, I said I love you." And he said, oh, I love you too, Joe. You're a real good friend. And I said, yeah, a friend. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's real interesting, Joe. Hold on, I got a message from your staffers that says, hey, thanks for babysitting, Joe. We'll be back in an hour. Uh, if he gets bored, just feed him some ice cream and put on the news for him. Ah, those are some real nice ladies. Real firm, real plump. Great childbearing hips, great smelling heads of hair. You know, I used to babysit a little bit back in the day. I, I babysat uh, tons of kids. Uh, real, I got so I, I got up some wacky, real misadventures. Would you like to hear about any of these stories? Um, sure, why not? You gab for a bit. I'm gonna make a bowl of cereal. I'll be right back. Well, I guess it's just me and you, AKB100 listener. I'm supposed to tell a babysitting story or something. Uh, so, okay, let me think. Try to think of a story I have. I know one. One time I was babysitting these two little brats named Conrad and Sally Wadlin in Anvil. And their single mother, they had a single mother named Joan. Oh. Now this Joan, she had a dump truck ass like you never seen, listener. And she, oh, she had that biggest rack on, I tell ya, beautiful blonde hair that could reach the floor. Now this Joan lady, she worked for a real neat freak named Hank Humbleflub. She was a real estate agent, and she was dating the next door neighbor, Larry Quinn. Don't ask how old Uncle Joe knows any of this listener. Keep it real hush-hush, okay? Let's just say old Uncle Joe has his sources. And these sources could find the same thing about you. <laughs> oh, listener, if you knew how much my sources knew. Okay, so one day, this lady, Joan, she was leaving her kids to go babysitting. She was leaving her, she wasn't babysitting. She was leaving her kids with a babysitter named Mrs. Kwan. While she went to the office, and she forbade them from entering the living room which she was keeping pristine for an office party she was hosting that night. Now, old Uncle Joe knew this, so he snuck in the place. He was going to set up a, a hidden camera. I'm, I know I'm talking about myself in the third person, but it's all right. Don't worry about it. All right, and then I was going to go, I, sorry, I get in that habit sometimes. I was going to go sneak into the house 
and replace Mrs. Kwan as the babysitter. I don't, I don't know. She's, I don't know. I think she was some kind of Oriental, from what I remember. I think she was either, I don't know which Orient she was from. I think the X-axis, maybe? I don't know, definitely not the Y-axis, not that Orient. But I couldn't just sneak in and replace her as babysitter. I'd uh, put her to sleep somehow. So I used a trick I learned from my friend Bill Cosby, and I put some sedatives in a drink of hers. And she sips it, and she passes right out. And that's when I walk in the front door. I got me a big ol' hat with black and red stripes on it. <laughs> I got a big ol' bow tie, and I've covered myself in cat fur. And I say, hello, kids. Are you ready to have some fun? And they said, who are you? And I said, I'm the Joe in the hat, no doubt about that. And wouldn't you know it, listener, the sun, it went away, and the rain, it started. The sun did not shine, it was too wet to play, so we sat in the house all that cold, cold, wet day. I sat there with Sally, we sat there, we too, and I said, oh, how I wish we got something to do. Too wet to go out and too cold to play ball, so we sat in the house. We did nothing at all, listener. Can you believe that? So all we could do was sit, 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 and we did not like it, not one little bit. <laughs> and then something went bump, how that made us jump. We looked and we saw him step on the mat. We looked at him, the cat in the hat, and he said to us, Why do you sit there like that? I know it is wet and the sun is not sunny, but we can have fun. That's that's a that's a good fun that is funny. And they said, why are you reading out of that book, Joe in the Hat? And I said, it's called The Cat in the Hat. It's this new book. And they said, it's not a new book, Joe in the Hat. That book is actually quite old. And I said, I know some get good games we could play. I know some tricks. A lot of tricks. I will show them to you. Your mother will not mind at all if I do. Then Sally and I did not know what to say. Our mother was out of the house for the day. <laughs> and the boy, he looked at me and he said, Why are you talking from my perspective now all of a sudden? Hold on, what's going on in this? What's happening? This boy said to me and I said, Don't worry about it, okay? I was not just reading from the book just now that what I'm doing a bit about alright and he said what are you talking about what bit what are you doing Joe in the hat what are you doing in my house get out of here and the boy took out a gun and I said now look here boy I'm gonna finish reading this book and you're gonna sit the fuck down okay and then I took out my own gun and I pointed at the boy and I said but a fish said no no make that cat go away Tell that cat in the hat, we you do not want to play. He should not be here. He should not be about. He should not be here when your mother is out. Now listen, boy. You listen here and you listen well, boy. You better not be talking like that fish now. All right, I'm Joe in the hat. I'm not cat in the hat. It's completely different. There was an anthropomorphic cat that tried to come in here and cause mischief, but I took care of him. He's been dealt with. Have no fear, I will not let you fall. <laughs> Hold on, wait, I skipped a, I skipped a paragraph or two. Let me see where I was. Um, 
Now, now, have no fear. Have no fear. My tricks are not bad. Why, we can have lots of good fun if you wish with a game that I call Up, Up with a Fish. And the fish, he said, put me down. This is no fun at all. Put me down, said the fish. I do not wish to fall. And old Joe in the hat said, have no fear. I will not let you fall. I will hold you up high as I stand on a ball. With a book in one hand and a cup on my hat. But that is not all I can do, said the Joe in the hat. Look at me, look at me now, said Joe with a cup and a cake. And the top of my hat, I can hold up two books. I can hold up the fish and a little toy shape. And some milk on a dish. And look, I can hold the hop up and down on the ball. But that is not all. Oh, no, that is not all. Look at me. Look at me now. It is fun to have fun. But you have to know how. I can hold up the cup. I can milk and the cake. And I can hold up these books. And I can fish on the rake. And I can hold up the toy ship and the little toy man. And I can look with my tail. I can hold a red fan. I can fan with the fan. And as I hop on the ball. But that is all. Oh, no, that is not all. That is when the Joe said... Then he fell on his head. He came down with a bump from there upon the ball. And Sally and I, we saw all the things fall. And the boy said to me, There you go again, Joe. You're talking about me in the third person, Joe in the hat. You're talking, you're talking like you're me. And then the boy, he took the book from my hands and he said, Sally, this is a book about us. This is me and this is you. And there's our fish. Who are you? The boy said to me, and I said, How do I? Look, boy, this is my story. I'm God. Now, if I want to make a book about you, and I want to self-insert myself, then I'll do. That's just what I'll do. Can I continue? And the boy nodded at me, so I continued. And our fish came town, too. He fell in a pot. He said... Do I like this? Oh, no, I do not. This is not a good game, said our fish as he lit. No, I do not like it, not one bit. Now look what you did, said the fish to the Joe. And the boy looked at me and he said, See, you, you, you had to pause for a second there, the boy said. And he said, You were about to say, said the fish to the cat, but you had to pause and remember that it was supposed to be your name instead. I looked at the boy and said, Now shut up, you little shit. Can I finish the story or not? The more you interrupt, the longer it's going to take. And the boy, he, he gestured to me as to say, continue. So I did. Now look at this house. You Look at this. Look at that. You sink our toy ship. Sink it deep in the cake. You shook up our house and you bent our new rake. You should not be here when your mother is not. You get out of this house, said the fish in the pot. But I like it here. I like to be here a lot. Oh, I like it a lot, said the Joe in the hat to the fish in the pot. I will not go away. I do not wish to go. And so said the fish. And so said the Joe in the hat. So, so, so I will show you another game that I know. And then Joe ran out. And then he, and then fast as a fox, the Joe in the hat came back with a box. A big red wood box. It was shut with a hook. Now look at this trick, said, said the Joe. Take a look. Then he got up on top with a tip of his hat. I call this game fun in a box, said the Joe. In this box are two things I will I will show to you now. You will like these two things, said the Joe with a bow. I will pick up the hook. You will see new things. Two things and I call them thing one and thing two. 
these things will not bite you. They want to have fun. Then out of the box came thing two and thing one. And they ran to us fast. They said, how do you do? Would you like to shake hands with thing one and thing two? And Sally and I did not know what to do. So we had to shake hands with things one and thing two. And we shook their two hands. But our fish said, no, no. Those things should not be in this house. Make them go. They should not be here when um, your mother is out. Put them out. Put them out to the fish in the pot. And at this point, the, uh, the boy I was babysitting and his sister didn't really want to pay attention anymore. They weren't listening. You know, so I, I had to come up with some new hijinks to do. So I made the story happen for real. And what I did was... I, I just went fucking ape shit on the house, man. I went wild. I took a bat and I started smashing things. I said, you're going to listen to me. And you're going to pay attention to me. I'm Joe in the hat. No doubt about that. And I smashed their TV with a fucking baseball bat. And then I just started going fucking wild on the place. Listen, I said, you will listen to me, kids. And I smashed their fucking vase. But I, I didn't know. I, I thought what I thought was a vase. Turns out it contained their father's ashes. And they went everywhere. And I choked and I went, <coughs> fuck me. Uh, sorry about that, kids. And I dusted myself off. And I said, this your goldfish, huh? This your talking goldfish that wants me to leave? Because your mother's coming back and she'll get mad if the place is a mess, huh? This your goldfish? And I dangled it by its tail. And I held it above my mouth. And I said, this is what Joe and the cat thinks of your fucking goldfish. And the boy was like, no, no, no. It's not, it's not a talking goldfish. It's a normal goldfish, Joe. It doesn't talk. But I, I was, I went, ow. And I swallowed their fucking goldfish. Listen, I'm a crazy fuck. I'm fucking wild. Listen, I'm a, I'm a madman. And they were crying. I said, now you're going to do it. Joe and the cat ones. We're going to have some fun, kids. We're going to have some fun. You like fun? I'm the Joe and the cat. I'm the Joe and the hat. No doubt about that. Ha, ha, ha. And then I take this crate out. And. And this crate has two guys I knew from college, thing one and thing two. And I slam the crate down and I say, have at them, boys. I, I, and these fucking guys, they're crazy motherfuckers. They're the, they're the craziest motherfuckers I ever known. And they fucking go hog wild on the place. They're throwing shit. One of them has a bag of flour and he's just tossing it all about the place. Another has some chocolate syrup, and he's spraying it on the walls and on the floors and on the ceilings, and he's smearing it. And, he, and this fucking guy, thing too, he takes a shit in his hand, and he throws it in Sally's face and says, how's it taste, bitch? And the boy, he's over there looking at the crate, and I say, hey, boy, don't you go near that crate. It's a portal to another world. <laughs> you ever hear about Club 42, kid? You ever hear about what goes on there and what they do to boys like you there. And I laugh and I'm rubbing my cat fur covered belly. Oh, oh. But this fucking kid, he doesn't listen to me. He grabs the fucking crate and he lifts it up and he runs off with it. And the fucking family dog, it gets hooked on the family dog's collar and he runs off with it. So we had to get in my fucking car and look for this dog. You know, because I, I like dogs, all right. I'll admit it. I like dogs, all right. And then, okay, but it turns out that this fucking guy their mom is seeing, he's a real slob, and he's in debt, too. You know who he's in debt to? He's in debt to me. 
and he's pretending to be a successful businessman to marry Joan for her money. And he wants to get Conrad, the boy, out of school, out of the way by sending him to military school. And, the, and this guy, he sees us, he sees the dog running across the street and takes him. But I trick this guy into giving, him, and giving me the dog back. And then this fucking guy, Larry, goes to tell Joan about me. But, <laughs> but this fucking Conrad guy uses the thing's characteristics to always do the opposite of what they're told. To have them stall Larry and Joan by posing as police officers. And then Larry goes back to the house telling Joan to meet him there. And then when me and the kids return to the house with the lock, Larry, cu Larry cuts them off and orders them inside the house where he sneezes uncontrollably due to his cat allergy, and I'm covered in cat fur. And I take advantage of this and scam away, only for them to find out that the cat has been, that the house has been transformed into the mother of all messes. With Lely falling into the gooey abyss, they ride on Mrs. <laughs> Alright, so they, they ride on Mrs. Kwan's mobility scooter and navigate through the surreal house to find the crate and locket. Whereupon the house returns to its normal proportions, but then immediately collapses in a heated argument. The kids discover that I planned the whole day, and they're fed up with my messy actions. And they order me to leave the house, and I say, listen here, you fucking little shits. I'll go, but I ain't helping clean up. And they say, we don't want your help, and I say, alright, I'm out of here then. Alright, and then Conrad and Sally prepare to face the consequences when Joe comes home. However... I turn the house back to normal. I, 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 I have this cleaning invention. I fix the house up real nice. And I make it sparkle and shine. You could lick ice cream off the floor. It's so nice looking. And I reconcile with the kids. Uh, <laughs> and they thank me just before her mom, just before that mom gets home. And this Larry guy, he's covered in goo and returns and thinks he has busted the kids. But when Jones sees the house clean, she doesn't believe his story and dumps him. And that's when I, that's when old cat in the hat swoops in. And I fucked their mom later that night. And then I took a vacation to Hawaii. And that was my story of babysitting these two snot-nosed fucking kids. Wow, that was a really good story, Joe. Ah, uh, thank you. You got, you got yourself a bowl of cereal there? Yeah, man, I got me some um, uh, cinnamon toast crunch. You have another babysitting story you want to tell the listeners? Uh, sure. I guess I can tell another one. Uh, give me a minute to think about it. Um, <clears throat> sorry there. My voice got a bit scratchy. I think I'm going to take a drink of water. Gulp, 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 gulp. All right. So this one time I was hanging out with a bunch of snot-nosed brats. Uh, so I was driving a camel-powered truck across the desert. But then I was attacked by some airborne bandits who managed to steal both my belongings and my vehicle. So I walks away and I finally stumbles. This isn't the white voice. Hold on. <laughs> this isn't... <laughs> What's that you say? Of course this is the right voice. This is my voice. I'm Joe Biden. I know how to do a voice. <laughs> Alright, so then I, I, I walk a while and I stumble upon the only nearby human outpost in the wasteland that remains. The seedy community of Bada Town. And it was founded and run by the ruthless Auntie Enti. And in Bada Town, electricity and vehicles, functioning technology almost all unheard of in a post-apocalyptic world are made possible 
by crude methane refinery, fueled by pig feces, using a weathered semi-tractor as the electricity generator. The refinery is located under Bada Town and is operated by the smart, diminutive master who is, <laughs> who is harnessed to its enormously strong but dim-witted bodyguard known as Blaster to gather Master Blaster. And I tell you, these guys are some real tough customers, listener. And they hold an uneasy power truce with Entity for control of Bada Town. However, Master is beginning to exploit his position, position with energy. <laughs> Embargoes, challenging Auntie's leadership. She is furious with him, but cannot challenge him publicly, as Master is the only one with the technical know-how to how to operate the machine that powers Bada Town. The controlled chaos of Bada Town is maintained by a set of inflexible laws, including one of the states that can deal no be broken for any reason. The punishment for breaking this law is equal inflexibility and invoked with a simple phrase, Bust a deal, face the wheel. Um, Joe, this sounds a lot like a movie I saw once. Um, no, 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 this isn't any movie I saw once. This here is my life story about how I had to babysit some snot-nosed fucking brat kids. Well, would you get on with it? I mean, we're, you know, we have, we have, we have come on, get on with it, Joe. Just get to the um, babysitting story. I'll get to it, I'll get to it. I'm to, I need to build it up first. Well, it sounds like you're just reading off of some Wikipedia page. No, 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 I'm telling you my life story over here, all right? I'm telling you a story. All right, let me get fucking back to it, you little shit. All right, so then Entity recognizes me as resourceful, as a resourceful, if disposable, fighter, and strikes a deal with me to provoke a duel with the, with the, with and kill Blaster in the Thunderdome. Now, this was a gladiatorial-esque arena where conflicts were resolved, turning what arguably a political assassination into a lawful act. So I go to the Underworld, and I befriend a convict, who was imprisoned for killing a pig in order to feed his children, and thus named Pig Killer. The rules of matches in Thunderdome are chanted by onlookers crowning the arena, are simple and regular. Two men enter, one man leaves. And after a stunningly long and difficult match, I defeat Blaster, but I refuse to kill him. When I discover Blaster is a man with the mind of a child. This fucking pissed off Auntie, and she, and she was mad as hell. And she had Blaster executed and invokes their single law since Max broke his deal with her. The Wheel, which serves, which serves as judge and jury. It turns out to be a long spinning metal disc similar to the Wheel of Fortune, with an arrow pointing to one of several consequences. Possible consequences include death, hard labor, acquittal, gulag, Auntie's choice, spin again, forfeit goods, underworld, amputation, and life imprisonment. When I spin it, it lands on Gulag. And I'm cast out of Bada Town and exiled and exiled to the wasteland. And this is when the story shifts gear. Sometime later I'm near death to exposure to hostile conditions. Before I'm saved by a group of children. See, I told you I was getting to it. Led by a girl named Savannah Nix. And these kids, they lead me to a hardened, lead me through a hardened, hardened desert environment. 
and their survivors of a nearby Qantas Boeing 747 plane crash and have formed a sort of tribal community in the sheltered desert oasis in which they live. They're clinging to their hopes of rescue. They keep their fading memories of the past civilization alive in the form of a realistic spoken tales, which hinge on the return of a mosaic Captain Walker, who return, who repair their shattered aircraft and return them to the civilization. The tell explains the Captain Flight GL Walker at one point took most of the surviving adults to seek help, promising they'd be back to rescue the rest, but never returned. My appearance and physical resemblance to Walker made the children believe that I was indeed to return and take them to Tomorrow Morrow Land, or back to civilization as it once was. After nursing me back to health, they are shocked to hear my account of the dystopic state of the world and become angry at my insistence that they will all remain living in the relative safety of Oasis, knowing that only civilization within reach is Bada Town. <laughs> and some of the kids decide to leave anyway, determined to farrow, find tomorrow, morrow land, the mythical place they believe their parents left them, left them to find. That's when I, old Uncle Joe, go after them. And then I catch up with the kids on the outskirts of Badakhan, and we sneak in on the intent of finding, finding Master. Without Blaster to protect him, the dwarfish Master is more than Auntie's slave. Me and the children free him with the assistance of Pigkeller, who is also freed, but alert the guards. And a frantic chase ensues, resulting in Badatown's methane factory becoming damaged and causing explosions, ending at the hideout of Je- at Jediah. Max. <coughs> Sorry, I mean, I coerce him to help me escape from Jediah's Transylvania PL air tuck, but there is not enough room for us all. I stay behind, heroically clearing a path through the pursuing vehicles, so the plane has enough runway to take off. Having earned her respect with his, having earned her respect with my bravery, Auntie spares my life. She then departs to presumably take good of her own vow to rebuild Bada Town. Many years later, when the much older children are seen in the ruins of Sydney, then tomorrow Morrowland lit up by thousands of fires and lights. Savannah the Leah recites a nightly tell of their story. How, how I know this? Um, don't worry about it. That's how I know this. Oh, that was a great, that was a great story, Joe. Wow. Can't believe that, that all happened to you. That's wild, man. It sounds, I think you're, <laughs> I think you're remembering a movie you saw, though. Nah, that was the story of when I went and re- and rescued some kids out in the thing. I wasn't reading off of I am I wasn't reading off of the Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome fan wiki. Oh, I'm sure you weren't, Joe. That was you. That was all you, man. Yeah, I'm fucking I'm tired, Joe. I I fell asleep. While you're reading that, I'll be honest. You want to just call it here, man? Eat some tapioca pudding, sit quietly. Maybe you can ramble for a bit. I'm going to turn the mic off, though. I don't think the listener wants to hear you ramble. Um, all right. I guess this is it. Okay, bye. Say bye to the listener, Joe Biden. All right. See you now. And remember, vote for me as president. Yeah, well, what he said. Do the thing. Um, okay, bye.
Ha ha ha. I love that episode. Wow. What a, what a good episode. I wish there was somewhere that I could give that person a monies. Oh, there is. It's the Patreon. Go do the thing. Uh, it's probably below if... Yeah, it is. I remembered. Of course I did, because I'm the smartest one. That's all. Okay, bye. Love you. Not really. That's We don't want to... No, no parasocial relationships here now, listener. Okay, bye.